But I'm not gonna let catch me, no Not gonna let them catch the midnight rider Chris McMahon Yeah! Ready for a Halloween five-hour midnight ride? I know you guys are. I know you're still up. You're peeling off the makeup. You're taking off the wigs. You're ripping off the fake beards. You're getting ready. No, Paul's is real. As hideous as it is, it's real. There's the music. You know Paulie's in the house. Let's go. Five hours. I got you till 5 a.m. That's what I was doing all day long. I was taking, I woke up, had to immediately get the Mega Powers ready, had to get Hulk Hogan ready, had to get Randy Savage ready, the beards, the mustaches, and then here's the, th- here's the thing. Like, we have the, the, the Halloween pizza party before, like, the neighborhood gets together, we have, like, a little bit of a pizza party, and then we all go trick-or-treating. I went through four mustaches throughout the pizza party. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. They couldn't, you can't take a bite of pizza without, oh, I want the mustache off. I'm like, I know, but we just, we just talked about this. It's not, it's not in the way. I want the, I want it off. I'm like, I got to take it off. Then it doesn't, once you put those things on, then you take them off. This, the adhesive doesn't work anymore. Now I'm gone. It's a good thing I bought like a whole package of mustaches because I went through all of them every time they took a bite of pizza because then they want it back on. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to want another slice of pizza. No, no, no. I want it on. I want it on now. Look, everyone's looking at me. I want to have my beard on. Okay. Well, you should be. Oh, no, take it off. I'm having a bite of pizza. Ah! So that's what I woke up to, but still it was fun. It was Halloween. Halloween's a, a wonderful holiday. I had a great time. The kids look great in their Halloween costumes as Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. I raised them correctly. That's right. So I woke up to that, having to immediately get ready to them. And I also got woke up, and uh, I also woke up to the most obvious news of uh, a really non-existent deadline from both of our teams, the New York Giants and the New York Jets. And that's where we'll start today. Um, look, the Jets, you kind of knew there wasn't going to be much for the Jets because a couple of reasons. One, they're one of the major needs they would look to trade and add. And that's really the difference, obviously, the two teams. One's adding, one's possibly selling. Neither did anything uh, on this Halloween trade deadline. But the Jets are looking to add, which can be difficult, especially at the positions they're looking to add. Offensive linemen are an impossible get. It's very difficult. One happened to move um, from the Vikings to the Jaguars, uh, Ezra Cleveland. He's really the only notable offensive lineman to move. It's not an easy position to go out and trade for. Teams don't like getting rid of good offensive linemen. You can see, especially if you're a football fan in this town, how how much they are worth their weight in gold. So these things, these these players don't get moved typically. And then the other one was, you know, maybe a wide receiver. And if you knew. The Jets weren't going to be at the top of the, the market with Adams. You weren't expecting that. How much draft capital do you really add to help this offense with a bit wide receiver? You've already gotten rid of McCole Hardman. Like, how much better than McCole Hardman are you going to get? Like, you didn't think there would be much of a trade deadline for the New York Jets. So it doesn't surprise me that nothing happened with the Jets. But with the Giants, you know how I feel about it. And yet again... The Giants made a mistake not trading Saquon Barkley. Now, the, everyone thought Adoree Jackson and McKinney could go. Obviously, it sounds like their contracts and the, the fact that they didn't restructure them before this deadline, and it made it so the other the team they traded them to couldn't restructure, so it limited 
their value, fine, whatever. It's not the biggest of deals. I don't think they were getting a major piece for Dory Jackson or McKinney or whoever else they might have moved. But Saquon Barkley was someone they should have traded. And the reports are, and this pisses me off. I'm sorry, but it does. I understand they love him. I understand John Mara, and I think he probably has a lot to do with this because it doesn't make sense to me football-wise. If you want to tell me that he's the one guy the team, uh, and a lot of callers did last night and yesterday morning, I'll see if you guys are back today, that Saquon Barkley's the one guy you want to watch the games. He's the one, he's become the face of the franchise. Hey, you can keep him on the franchise tag. He's the second overall pick. He's uh, the the lifeblood of the offense. Without him, what are they? I mean, I don't know what they are with him, but without him, what are they? It's a disaster. Oh, you need him. They need Saquon Barkley. You know, I don't subscribe to that at all. And I find it very hard to believe that both the, the GM and the coach feel as strongly as to not answer the phone. And if that report is true, if it is true they were not even taking phone calls on Saquon Barkley, that the idea was we are not trading Saquon Barkley. We told him two weeks ago. I told We told you, Chris. We told you. We told everybody. We weren't trading Saquon Barkley. And I don't care who called. We weren't answering the phone. That's borderline malpractice. And it's, it's frustrating to me as a Giant fan because I don't understand not answering the phone. There is no circumstance on a team that's 2-6 and six fading into oblivion for the 10th time in the last 11 years. At least it feels that way. There is no reason. There is no reason that not every single player on this stinking team is open to phone calls. And especially one you chose not to give a a contract to, one who's not under contract for next year, one you'd have to franchise tag for a second time just to keep him around another year. And if the, you know, I was watching, uh, listening to Tiki a little bit. I saw Tiki on SNY, and he's like, well, you know, you saw what the offense could be last year with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Oh, did we? What did we see? A dynamic offense? An offense that hadn't scored 30 points in, a, in, a, in like two calendar years? That figured it out for two games, a, a Colts game at the end of the year, and then a Minnesota playoff game? Well, what offense exactly are we talking about? And you haven't really seen them at all together this year, and you hope maybe you could build some momentum, and next year you could tag them, and you go, what do we think next year is going to be? I understand it's the NFL. I understand year-to-year things change. I understand that anything's possible, right? I, I get it. But ultimately, do you think this team is good enough with Saquon Barkley one more year with Daniel Jones that they're suddenly, like, they could be better than this year. They could be making a push for the postseason, but they are not contending in this NFC. Not for a Super Bowl, they're not. Why is this guy above answering the phone? Why is he above? What if you got a first-round pick? What if you got, like, I don't know what the... The interest would have been, I don't know. You've seen some other moves, obviously, uh, throughout the NFL. Uh, Dobbs got a, uh, a six-round pick. Montez, uh, Montez Sweat got a second-round pick. Chase Young, those are the two big stories. Out of Washington, got a third-round pick. I don't know what the price tag would have been say, for Saquon Barkley. And I'm not sure if they answered the phone or not. I don't know, what the, but if the reports are true that they didn't even consider it, what are they doing? What is this giant team doing? And if it's the owner, because the owner has been very vocal about guys he likes. 
Last year during the press conference of hiring Joe Shane, he talked about Daniel Jones and what he felt the team owed him. And now you look at Saquon Barkley, and he's the second overall pick, and he's this brilliant shining star year one. And last year, he's, you know, the offense is pretty much hand the ball to Saquon. They have no wide receivers to speak of. It's hand the ball to Saquon, and he carried them to a playoff game until the quarterback finally got it together at the end of the year. And then you pay him $40 million a year, and you don't give him a, you don't give Saquon a contract. You leave him as the franchise tag. And so now, oh, this year he gets hurt. He battles back in a game where you can't throw the football against the Jets. You just force it to him. You, you, you get him probably beat up. You handed him. He's, he's, he's carrying the ball 30-plus times a game. He's doing everything. He's telling the media he doesn't want to leave. He wants to be a giant. He, he doesn't even hold out for the franchise tag when everybody expected him to, and he had every right to. He comes up. He decides to sign the contract and not hold out a single day. And for all of that, which I agree makes him a good guy and makes him a fan favorite and absolutely unequivocally makes him someone who wants to be a giant and there's value in that. And I respect him. But if this owner respects all that more than the future of the franchise and is making decisions and is telling his GM not to answer the phone, because if the GM doesn't answer the phone, it's borderline malpractice. I can't imagine that this GM, as smart as I think he is, and as well as he executed a trade for Leonard Williams, he got a two and a five for Leonard Williams. I know he ate a lot of money. I understand that. He got a two and a five for Leonard Williams. The Washington Commanders got a two and a three for Montas Sweat and Chase Young. They he did they did three rounds better for two players. But he's not answering the phone on Saquon Barkley when he knows he's able to make deals like that. I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that the ownership of this team isn't overriding the theme on Saquon Barkley. And now you get to move forward. It's in the past. He's on the team. We'll see what this team becomes. Daniel Jones is back. Thankfully, they at least added, uh, they did something with Barkley and added Matt Barkley to the team. So maybe, just maybe, they can have a legitimate backup quarterback that can actually throw the football. But ultimately, this season's over. And I think they could go out there and probably beat the Raiders and maybe they could beat some of the bad teams on this schedule and maybe it won't fade into irrelevance the way some of these other seasons have faded. Maybe they still find a way to go win six, seven games and, and give you some moments and score some points and give you bright days with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley that make you think maybe next year we could get it all going in the right direction. I thought that last year. And look what we have. I don't I I just I don't understand not moving them and I certainly don't understand not answering the phone. What are we holding on to? Like that's what I really want to ask the Giants. That's what I want to ask John Mara. What are you holding on to? Are you going to give him a contract now? Is he going to get a contract in the offseason a, a year later, another ankle injury, another four games missed? Hopefully it's just four. Still half a season to play. 
I can't imagine the Giants giving him a contract. And yes, they're open to the second-year franchise. Great. Another one-year kick it down the line. Is this team and this roster good enough next year? I don't see the I don't see the plan with Saquon Barkley. I just don't. I, I love the player. It makes the Giants better to have him this year and maybe even next year. But I need the plan. I don't see a long-term plan. And right now, when you're two and six, we're long-term planning. I don't see it. 877-337-6666. I thought the Giants were doing something, building towards something. I'm confused now what they're trying to do. I'm confused on what they're trying to do if they won't even entertain phone calls about Saquon Barkley, their biggest asset to go add draft capital to this team. 877-337-6666. So let's talk about this deadline. Let's talk about what the Giants have done. Let's talk about what the Jets did. Hey, you know what the one thing that let's talk about the one thing the Jets could have done that they didn't do. All right, we knew the wide receiver position could be tough. We certainly knew the offensive line position could be tough. You also know that how many how much draft capital are you willing to expend on a season that still has this quarterback in Zach Wilson leading it? But there was something I thought they could have done that they didn't. We'll get to that. The World Series is an absolute uh, bust now. Even with injuries, the Texas Rangers continue to win road games and continue to score a ton of runs. We can get to the World Series if you want. The Knicks have a comfortable win in Cleveland. And our two football teams do absolutely nothing in the deadline. 877-337-6666. We'll get to your phone calls and all of those stories, plus anything Halloween-related. Because I do love Halloween. And I was out with the kids. I, um, I heard Keith talking about different costumes you saw. There's one particular costume that I saw all over the place. And one particular costume that I thought was the best one I'd ever seen besides my two kids. As Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. 